When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. to the sports complex on a friday afternoon super bowl friday getting ready for the big game uh, getting you ready for another weekend of college basketball another weekend of nba now that we are past the trade deadline we know what these teams mostly mostly are going to be set going into the playoffs maybe a few additions here in the buyout market but a lot of that we'll talk college basketball we'll talk texas in a game that I don't know if you can say a game is more must win on a game that if you don't win this one, it, it could be bad. It could be bad. I'll be mad on Monday. I'll tell you that much. Uh, we'll talk some other Big 12 basketball, some NBA. We'll get into more Super Bowl talk. And, of course, the NFL honors were last night as well. So we'll go into that. The new Hall of Fame class, all of the award winners in the NFL. We'll get to all that. And, of course, your text messages, 512 447 3776 is the text line. 512 447 3776 is the text line. If you guys want to join the conversation, you go in there, talk some Super Bowl, talk some college basketball, talk some NBA, talk some uh, college football, whatever you guys want to talk about, send it in there. 512 447 3776. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. And uh, that also means we will have the big fat poll of the day today. Uh, getting you involved because we love to hear from you guys here on the show. Uh, it, yesterday was a long one. We did the morning show. We did the afternoon show, and then we had to do all the work. And then I was I, I went to the gym at a, at 11.30 at night. And uh, still, it's like 15 people, 20 people in the gym. Still, always, every time they're, they're doing, they're on the same thing I want to be on. It's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing way that the world works. That if it was any other day, it was arms day. So I had to do my arms and I was ready to do them. And then legs wide open. You want to do chest and back? No problem. Machines wide open. You want to, you want to do some arms? No, not available. And I'm just going to do my method. I know all you guys on the text line gave me the good advice. Say, how many sets do you have left? Well, I do the stare and then immediate look away when they look at me. That's what I do. It's very ineffective. Very ineffective. I hope everybody's going to have good Super Bowl plans. I uh, hope you're either you're enjoying a party that you're going to enjoy or you're enjoying not being at a party. Uh, whatever is your preference, I hope you get uh, a good time. Go get some good food. Uh, get whatever, you know, imbibe in whatever 
you want to have. Enjoy it. Monday is one of those days where, you know, we all as sports fans kind of get a walk in with a little bit of a pass and everyone will say, oh, your, your eyes are a little bloodshot. We get it. You enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday. What ad did you think was the best? And you'll say uh, that one with the, the dog. And I bet there's ones with dogs. You can get away with it. Uh, if you want to take any of that. Uh, but I hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy it. Uh, it is going to be fun. We'll get more into the Super Bowl in the 5 o'clock hour. But I want to start off talking some basketball, get into it with uh, Texas taking on a uh, West Virginia team on Saturday. Texas has had struggles at home, to say the least. If, uh, you know, we, Even though they have a couple good wins at home, like a win against Baylor, uh, you know, you do have losses. In uh, the Houston loss is not terrible, but you have a UCF loss. You have the Texas Tech loss, losses that you do not want to have on your home court. Uh, and you lose to Iowa State uh, on Tuesday. But you are going against the West Virginia team where you are a double-digit point favorite going into this game. West Virginia has not won a true road game all season. I know we lost to West Virginia at West Virginia, but that's somewhat of the Big 12. West Virginia has wins in the Big 12. They're all at home. They have not won. I mean, I'm saying all season have not won a true road game. Uh, not a great road team. They're just not a great team. Again, we know with West Virginia, uh, this is a team that basically with Bob Huggins, he, uh, you know, all of his issues and then gets a DUI and then he resigns and he says he didn't resign and they're trying to figure that out and he was going to be on suspension, but then he's not the coach and they, so they have to hire a coach well after everything was kind of closed. People then were transferring out of West Virginia. They couldn't bring in the transfer portal wasn't really open. They were putting people on this roster very late up until the season just to get a full roster. Uh, and it's a team that you need to be able to beat this year in the big 12. They'll be good again soon enough but right now they're a down team uh you know when we when texas was at west virginia pat sumanick uh was one of the guys who was a big influence in that game and a big impact in that game he has just not been playing at the highest level since in the last few weeks that was uh he's had some big games at home he doesn't travel as well his game doesn't travel as well so you need to be able to handle that roquan battle is their leading scorer uh, you know, you're going to have to be able to shut him down. He's about 6'5", so he's a little bit bigger than most of our guards are going to be on him. But you imagine Kendall Weaver uh, will be picking up Roquan Battle and see if you can slow him down. They do have multiple players that score in double digits. They pass it around uh, because you kind of, for a West Virginia team, they have to go find whoever they can find that's going to be playing well and shooting well that day. They, they don't necessarily have a go-to, go-to guy. Roquan Battle would probably be your closest one uh, but even him, if he's having a bad game, you've got to go somewhere else, and he's not going to give you, usually on any given night, 25 to 30. So you're going to have to find it in different places for West Virginia. Uh, I think the one issue for Texas that you just have to worry about, and you should not you should still be able to handle this, uh, is that they do have uh, some more size than Texas. As we said, uh, Roquan Battle 6'5", so he's, a, you know, he's bigger than Max Aismas. He's bigger than Tyrese Hunter. Uh, Kendall Weaver will probably get that assignment, though. And so, you know, the, you know, when Max Aismas and Kendall and uh, Tyrese Hunter are going to have to play a little bit bigger than they normally play. Uh, and then once you get into the post uh, where Dylan Mitchell is, uh, Quinn Slezinski is probably going to be Dylan Mitchell's guy. Uh, he's a 6'9 guy. Dylan Mitchell can match up with that. He has a size to do it. It's a question of, again, can you protect the paint and stop a three-point shooter? And Dylan DeSue will have his hands full inside with Jesse Edwards, uh, 6'11". And this is a point for... Uh, for Dylan DeSue. Uh defensively, it's not a, you know as big of a worry. This again is not a super high powered West Virginia offense. 
it comes down to for Texas, what it's come down to for many games this season, you can't take a half off. And you can't just not find an offense for 20 minutes of a game or 15 minutes of a game or, or however long it is. And sometimes it's 10 in the first half and 10 in the second where you just don't play any offense. And Texas just stops all forms of trying to get ball movement. And they, they kind of just rely on Max Smith to put up shots. And then he misses a couple. So he gives it to Tyrese Hunter and then he misses a couple. And you don't penetrate. You don't go at the rim. You don't try and draw contact. This is a West Virginia team that doesn't have the defenders who won't get in foul trouble. These guys are not going to be the most disciplined team. So if your shots aren't falling, which you hope they're falling and everything goes out well and you walk away and you get a 20-point lead and Chris Johnson gets playing time and, and man, you then at the end of the game, Cole Bott and, and Gavin Perryman are in the game. That's best-case scenario. We know Roddy Terry's not much of a empty-the-bench guy. Uh, he usually does it maybe in the last 20 seconds, but that's not necessarily his M.O., uh, but this is something for Texas where you're going to need Texas to step up in this game. And if the shots are not falling, attack the basket, attack the basket. Don't just rely on Dylan to to go inside and, and try and wear down uh, Jesse Edwards and wear down Slazinski and wear down Sumanik and wear, wear down their big guys and try and push them around and get, you know, you don't need to just rely on that. Max Asmus needs to go and try and get to the free throw line. Tyrese Hunter needs to attack and get to the free throw line because that is where you're going to have to go and make your impact in this game. If your shot's not falling, get to the free throw line. If you're playing top defenses like Houston, they're going to be rough with you. But at the same part, there's a part of it where you're going to be able to, you know, they're going to be able to not foul. They know how to bump bodies. They know how to stay vertical and, that's something that those teams can do better than a West Virginia team. So you need to go straight out of West Virginia team if your shot's not falling for Texas. Hopefully the shots will be. You're at home. You've had all week to get into it. This is a game, too. You know, you don't have any other game after this. So you can go, you know, as hard as you want in this game uh, to try and get it done. Because if you, you know, if you're able to go out and attack and really show force in the first half, you can put this West Virginia team in a position that if you play well for the first five to eight minutes, you'll be coasting pretty well in that second half. Now, you don't want to coast, but you'll can you you'll be able to coast enough. That's what Texas needs to do. You know, you can't have a repeat of, of Tuesday and not shoot the ball at all in the first half and then not attack the paint, not try and get to the free throw line. Texas is going to have to look at that, move without the basketball, rebound well on a team that's bigger than you, don't give second and third chance points. You know, that's an easy way to lose a game, second and third chances, getting to the basket. You can't have that if you're a Texas team. You need to continue to attack the paint, rebound the ball, play with intensity. Do not look at this as a West Virginia team that you should be able to beat. Look at this as the West Virginia team that beat you in West Virginia. Texas needs to look at this as if this is a team where you want to get a game to try and make you feel a little bit better about yourself and get in the right place, this is a team you can brutalize. Now, you may not be able to do it because you're not your shots aren't falling, but you need to go in there, and if your shots don't fall, I don't know how many times I have to say it, get to the free throw line, and I'll be yelling at my TV, I'm sure, too, if they're not hitting shots. And then once you get to the second half, if you have that lead, continue to play with intensity in the second half. Play a 40-minute game against this West Virginia team because we said at the beginning, this is a game for Texas. You have the whole week off that you're going to have to think about this. And if you drop two to West Virginia in the season, I, I mean, I, I it's going to be a lot harder for you to make the tournament. You're going to have to win 
two or three really hard road games to close out the season to get into that conversation to make the tournament. This is not a, you know, it's not the hardest game for you to win, but it is a game that's crucially important because these bad losses, losing to West Virginia twice is not acceptable at this time of the season. Uh, and for Texas, you know, you know you've got to be able to, uh, you know you can go win this game. Texas knows that they have more talent. You know, this isn't an issue of the roster not being talented enough. There, There is somewhat an issue of size, but you can combat that because you have much more talent. But the reality is, for this Texas team, you can't allow them to get just shots they want. You can't allow them to get second and third chances. You have to be able to rebound. You have to be able to not turn the ball over. You had too many turnovers in that Iowa State game as well, and you need to play 40 minutes. Now, I've said earlier I'd prefer if their strength and conditioning changed a bit before games on a game day. I think they do a little bit better on weekends than they do on the night games during the week. That is also because of your schedule and you know how long you have to go in before a game. Uh, so I think they're a little bit better at these games at home. However, that doesn't change the fact that they need to be able to come out with the fire and the intensity, and we know they probably won't just because of what we've seen this season. I'd love to see it. I think it'll be uh, they'll shoot well to start the game, and then it'll tail off a little bit. West Virginia will come back. Rodney Terry has to call a timeout, and then they'll get right back on the right track. Uh, I think they can win this game handily. Uh, I'd like to see them get a double-digit win. I'd like to see us not have to sweat one as Texas fans. That would be great for us. Uh, but this is a big game for Texas to try and make sure that you do not get beat by guys who really want this win. And, and remember, again, we've talked about this all season long. Remember, this is a rivalry game to West Virginia. I know you're going up against a West Virginia team that has been put together and cobbled together with duct tape and a West Virginia team that hasn't won a road game all season long, a true road game all season. But they beat you, man. They got one up on you right now. So you need to go in there realizing it's a rivalry game where they already beat you once this season and go show that that was a fluke and not the Texas that you are. That is what Texas needs to do tomorrow. Uh, there are some other big games in the Big 12. Houston is traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, this is a big game for them. They have home court. We know how big home court is in the Big 12. Houston is at a point right now where they're playing some of their best basketball. They've had a couple faults. Uh, those are usually against a little bit better teams on the road. But if they can get this road win, that'll help solidify Houston even more atop this Big 12 in their first season. Uh, Cincinnati has to figure out a way to score. They just have to figure out a way to score. They're 10th in scoring offense in the Big 12 this season. They're going to have to find a way to try and get some buckets against a really good Houston defense. You have to be able to rebound, and, and you have to slow down the guards. So if you're Cincinnati, your guard play and you know rotations and Jizzle James has to come in and play at a high, at a high, high level uh, off the bench defensively against their guards to make Sheed and Cryer uh, not get the shot percentage up, make them miss shots, and then rebound the ball. Those guys are bulk shooters, and it doesn't necessarily hurt them as much because they offensive rebound the ball really well. Cincinnati has to try and curb that at home if they want to have any shot to win. Uh, UCF is going to be is playing at Texas Tech. Uh, Pop Isaacs has been better at home, but Texas Tech has been struggling a little bit as late. They're starting to lose a little bit of their footing where they were playing really well. Jalen Sellers for UCF had 20 points in his last game uh, in a win against Oklahoma. UCF feels like this is a game they're going to come in and give Texas Tech everything they've got. I think Texas Tech at home has the, uh, the edge, uh, but UCF is one you could look past if you're in Lubbock. And uh, they're going to go try and make an impact there. 
Uh, we also have Kansas State versus number 21 BYU. Uh, Kansas State just beat Kansas. I just don't know if they're going to have the firepower uh, to come out in a game like that and keep your firepower up uh, against a BYU team that just scores really well and really, really well at home. And finally, your big game of the week, number 13 Baylor at number four Kansas. Uh, this is going to be a shootout. This is two teams that want to run the ball, two teams that want to score as much as possible. And it, it, the real question is, uh, can Baylor keep scoring and keep up and you know on the road be able to score at a high level? And Kansas, who played well in their last couple of games, uh, seems to be turning a corner and playing better and better, especially at home. I think they need to compete hard, but let's add in, Johnny Furphy is a big piece for this Kansas team. The big 6'9", uh, small forward shooting guard uh, player that he can come in and the impact he has, if he's able to go against his Baylor team and get going, it's not the best defense in the league. Uh, he's going to be able to have a big game. And big games for Johnny Furphy means normally a win for Kansas. Uh, if he doesn't play well again, some of his games where he struggled as a freshman coming from Australia, that if he struggles, it opens the door for a team like Baylor to come in there and put up some points and score late in the game and possibly get a huge upset against Kansas at Kansas. Uh, over in the NBA last night, the Spurs dropped one, 127 to 111 to the Magic. The story of this game is rebounding. Uh, they were out rebounding 39 to 27. Most of the big players for the Spurs do not rebound well. Wimby, I believe, only had one or two rebounds. Sohan only had a few rebounds. Uh, they did not rebound well. Franz Wagner, though, for the Magic, had a game. He goes 34 7 and 7, and the Magic are able to handle business against the Spurs. This was a game, again, Sohan guarding Franz Wagner. And, you know, the rebounding just did not have a good game. And when one of your players, uh, one of those starters, the Spurs don't have a lot of really good players. You need Wimby and Sohan and Keldon Johnson and Trey Jones and Devin Vassell all to be playing at a high level because Julius Champigny and guys like that are good players, but they're not going to win you games for the most part. Uh, so you need those other guys to step up. They weren't able to do that. Uh, Spurs will go on this weekend to play the Nets. Uh, both teams are struggling right now. The bigger question is, against a lot of really good wing defenders, can Devin Vassell score? He is still a huge piece uh, for this Texas uh, for this Spurs team to be able to score. So if they can score there, you might get your first win on this rodeo road trip, but down 0-2 on the rodeo road trip for the Spurs. Uh, the Mavericks get a win over the Knicks, 122-108. to Deloka Doncic, 39-8-11, another big game for him. But we can say the Knicks were extremely shorthanded. Julius Randle is out recovering. Uh, OG Ananubi just had surgery on his elbow, so he is out recovering. Jalen Brunson did not play in the game. The Knicks had eight men on their active roster, and Jalen Hartenstein got hurt. So they were down to seven men by the second half, uh, and not, that was not enough. And we know that the, you know, the Mavs made a trade, so they were out a few players as well, uh, but they were able to get the win. Uh, against the the Knicks in a big win for the Mavs. Every game matters for them right now. Uh, they will actually play the Thunder coming up on Saturday. And this is the question for them. Uh, are they going to be able to get either or both of their new players in and get some time against a Thunder team that is going to be looking good? We know Gordon Hayward uh, was traded for in uh, by the Thunder. I do not believe he will be showing up. Uh, it looks like he will be out for the game. But P.J. Washington, Daniel Gafford, two big men, that the uh, that the Mavs picked up could very much help out against uh, Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams and uh, and against uh, Chet Holmgren as well. You may need those bigs and some size 
uh, to help you out against a Thunder team that's going to be playing well? And can you find the defense against ASGA? That'll be fun to watch. A big matchup of Thunder and Mavericks. A really fun game there. Uh, Rockets were off last night. They do play tonight and tomorrow. They play against the Raptors and the Hawks. Fred Van Vliet is out for both of those games, so he does not make his return trip to Toronto. He will not be playing in that game. Uh, but that does open up for Amin Thompson. That does open up for Jalen Green and Jabari Smith. What they're going to be able to do, Dylan Brooks, I'm assuming, will take over some of that ball handling as well for uh, this Rockets team. But opens up the door for some of these younger guys to see what they can do with Fred Van Vliet out in both of those games. And can you play defense against Trey Young? I believe DeJounte Murray will be out for that game as well. Even though he was not traded, I believe he will still be out for the game. Uh, but that is uh, the a good chance for the Rockets to go test themselves against some other young teams right now. Uh, we know the Raptors are kind of blowing it up. Uh, but the Hawks, another good young team. How can you go and can you play the defense that you need to play to get a win against the Hawks is a big question as well. Uh Let's get to the big fat poll today so we can get to the text line. 512-447-3776. Here's a big fat poll sounder. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Big fat poll of the day today. Of course, the Super Bowl is Sunday. So, of course, we would love to have your predictions all show long. We'd love to have your predictions, final score predictions, who you think is going to win, what do you think the score will be, anything you got of – you know, a, a hot take of the uh, the Super Bowl. We'll get to more of that in the 5 o'clock hour. But I want to ask you guys, this is simple, who will be the Super Bowl MVP? Who is saying I'm going to Disney World or Disneyland or whatever they say? Who's going to be saying that uh, as the Super Bowl MVP? Is it Patrick Mahomes? Does he walk away with it? Does Travis Kelsey get it uh, with a big game where he's trying to break the record of most receptions or most and have a, a you know a add to a Hall of Fame career for Travis Kelsey? Does it go the other way? The Chiefs win? Does Brock Purdy get a Super Bowl MVP? Does Christian McCaffrey go against this this Chiefs defense? Debo Samuel? I mean, Brandon Ayuk has a shot at it. Is someone defensively going to be able to come in and Frank Clark and make a big play? It, one of these Chiefs defenders going to get a pick or two against Purdy and get his name up there? Who do you think will be the Super Bowl MVP Send that in on the text line as well, 512-447-3776. You want to talk Texas basketball, NBA, any of that, send it in, 512-447-3776. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go. Uh, we'll uh, listen to some uh, NFL talk uh, and some Super Bowl talk from earlier on the day from Hook Em Up with Ian Robbie, and we'll get to some of your text messages here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. I'm free. Ain't nothing gonna bother me. Said I'm free. Well, ain't nothing gonna bother me. Take me to the freeway. Get me out of town. Back on Sports Complex here on a 512 Friday where we play local music and go check out live this weekend. I didn't give you any Sunday shows. We'll give you stuff you can go check out before, you know, before the Super Bowl. And if you want to watch games, you know, you watch Sunday and we know what you're doing Sunday. But on the weekend, uh, tomorrow, tonight, this is the Genders. They are playing tonight at Hanover's. You can go check them out. Part of a cool lineup 
uh, tonight at Hanover. If you want to hear some cool rock and roll, you can go check them out. Uh, but this is the Genders. You want to check them out. All right. Let's get uh, to it. I want to play some sound from Hook Em Up with Ian Robbie. Give us a little uh, Hook Em Up replay here talking about the Chiefs defense and what they mean, what it means against Brock Purdy. Uh, uh, you know, a guy where we know Cam Newton is walking around Vegas still trying to explain himself and say he's not taking a shot but then take a shot and I think it's more like I figured out more the whole Cam Newton thing is just it's all about him that he thinks that he's he should be you know taken as one of the best players to ever play the game because of what he did and so all the everyone else like Tom Brady and 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 you know Kurt Warner and all these they're all they 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 they're no they don't count they're not as good as him I think is what he's going for and I know that's a bit hyperbole, but the same part, that's kind of where he's like, well, if you run in a system, uh, then you're you're not the great quarterback. I could not run in a system. I could run my own thing, and that makes me great, which you're like, they're just different things. You don't have to be – we don't have to go one or the other. But, yeah, he's going around making that. Brock Purdy is definitely a piece of discussion going into the game. Hasn't looked as great uh, with not turning the ball over as he gets into the playoffs. He's going to be big against a really good Chiefs defense. Uh, here's a hook-em-up replay with Rob Babers and Aaron Hogan talking about that Chiefs defense and Brock Purdy having to figure out a way around it. All right, let's uh, get back to previewing the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, let's go to the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense, and that's easily going to be uh, the most compelling and the most interesting and intriguing matchup because Steve Spagnola and Kyle Shanahan both right now are uh, coaching at an elite level. And right now that Kansas City defense is playing like the best defense that Andy Reid's had since he's been in Kansas City. They're only allowing uh, 15.6 points per game in the last 20 games. That's the best defense, best scoring defense that Andy Reid's had there. Uh, Kansas City loves to blitz their DBs. Nobody blitzes their DBs and their cornerbacks more than Steve Spagnola. Loves to play a lot of sub packages. He plays dime defense, which is six DBs. Uh, he plays dime defense, one of the top rates in the NFL. Matter of fact, only three teams play more dime defense than Kansas City. So they want to flood the field with speed, put a lot of speed on the field put a lot of DBs on the field so DBs can cover. That's why they blitz a lot. They got DBs that can play sticky coverage on the back end, and then they blitz to try to speed up the clock of the quarterback, force the quarterback to get rid of the football, and it works really well. So they play a lot of man because they blitz a lot, and they play a lot of DBs because they have really good DBs, guys that can cover. And usually this formula, I think, works out pretty well for them. I mean, you can look at Kansas City. If they end up beating the 49ers, they will have defeated – four of the top five offenses in yards per play just in this postseason alone. San Fran's number one at 6.6. Miami's at 6.5 right behind them. The Ravens were at 5.9. Uh, the Bills were at 5.7. Detroit is right. Detroit was at 5.9. So they're the only other um, offense in that top five that they haven't played in the postseason, uh, that Kansas City hasn't played and hasn't really and hadn't held them to a mediocre, to a pedestrian effort. Kansas City's defense has been balling this postseason. If you go look at it, uh, since they started – you know, blitzing these DBs a lot, which is kind of the middle of the season. They really started to, to, to blitz their young DBs more and more. And Spag has always done this, but he started to play a lot more of those sub packages later on in the season. And maybe because they were going up against uh, more high-powered offenses, whatever the case may be. 
But either way, this is going to be the chess match between Spags and between Shano because Spags wants to play a lot of sub-packages, and Shano wants to play a lot of power and heavy sets, meaning two backs, two tight ends. He's going to play two backs 40% of the time. That's 21 personnel, or that's going to be – 22 personnel sometimes he goes real power formations he goes 22 personnel or they'll go two tight ends and they'll go 12 personnel and when the 49ers go 12 personnel that is also something they've done 50 percent of the time they've been 12 or they've been 22 personnel just this postseason alone so when they go heavy will spags and the kansas city chiefs counter by going with their three linebacker base package and what I mean by base is basically you only got four DBs in there. You don't have your sub package with five and six DBs. 75% of the time when, Chiefs have, when the Chiefs have played against a team that throws out their 22 and 12 personnel at, the, at a rate even close to 49ers because nobody does it as much as the 49ers. But when they play teams who are heavy, run sets, heavy uh, personnels, they play base 75% of the time. That's not what Spax wants to do. That's outside of his comfort zone. And that is where I think the 49ers may get their advantage. If they have to play those four, those three linebackers and have to play just four DBs, and that's where Shannon will try to find coverage matchups, right, uh, in terms of matchup advantages in coverage. He'll Because uh, if, you, if you only got four DBs out there, that means with your four DBs, you're going to be trying to cover Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. One of those guys is going to end up matched up on a linebacker. You just don't know which one, right? You, ideally, you want your four DBs, your best four coverage guys, to be locked up in coverage. Well, if Spags only got his base out there, then one of those weapons for Shano, one of them is going to be in man-to-man coverage potentially on a, on a run defender, on a forced run defender, a guy who is a coverage liability, and that's all he's looking for. Who's the coverage liability in this situation? Is it whoever's defending McCaffrey, whoever's defending Kittle, whoever's defending Ayuk? And they'll look for that from down to down. So that'll, that's the first chess match you want to watch, really, or the chess move you want to watch. Shannon will present power with 22, 21, and 12 personnel. What is Spags' counter? Is he going to counter with sub-packages? Because if he does, then Shannon may decide, all right, I'm run power right down your throat then because – we have the size girth advantage, and we're running heavier sets against your lighter defenders with your sub packages. Or if they go just base and they try to match power with Shano, then Shano could just, you know, present power personnel packages and pivot to play action pass principles, which you guys have heard me say plenty of times before. Uh, so that is going to be the first thing to watch. And this season, it ain't looked good for the Kansas City Chiefs when they've had to defend 21, 21 personnel. Just so you know, this season, the 130 times or so it's happened, uh, where now actually tw- just 21 personnel is 84 times, but defending 21 and 22 is 130. But when they're defending just 21 personnel, they defended 84 plays so far this year. They're allowing 8.6 yards per attempt through the air, and they're allowing 6.6 yards per rush on the ground. Anytime they have to defend an offense that's running 21 personnel. Now, nobody in the NFL does this except for really Shano and Mike McDaniel. But the few times the Kansas City Chiefs have had to see it, they allow big plays. That is going to be my concern. Can they hold up um, against the team that runs two-back sets, that runs power sets better and more efficiently and more effectively than anybody else in the league whilst that being a vulnerability for this defense? Because they just don't face it a lot. They don't see it a lot. 
It's a great matchup. It's great stuff with Rod, and uh, that's the chess match you can watch. You hear it here with Rod breaking it down, and then you watch the game. You'll be thinking uh, base personnel. they got linebackers on the field. Who can be matched up on that linebacker? Oh, Oh, man, it's good stuff right there, Rod Babers. This is such a fascinating matchup. One thing that – I'm interested in is I don't think, especially on the right side, I don't think the uh, the 49ers offensive line is that great at the right side. Uh, and I think, no. I mean, this Chiefs team, you talked about how they like to blitz their backers, their their defensive backs. They do. They're second in the NFL with 57 sacks this year. Yep. They'll get to the quarterback. And Chris Jones is a game wrecker. Uh, that becomes massive. Can they get to Brock Purdy and make his life miserable? If they do, um, you know, then the coverage is not as important. they got to get, get home. But uh, every – this, this game just couldn't be more even for me. I mean, it's just everything. And, it's you know, what breaks the tie is Patrick Mahomes. He does. I mean, it really does when it comes down to it. And I like Brock Purdy. I just saw where at his uh, school out in Arizona, we went to high school, they're renaming the street that runs in front of his high school, Brock Purdy Way. No way. Yes. Really? Yeah, I just saw That's that. It's a little soon, isn't it? Hey, man, they don't have a lot of famous people over there in Arizona. So. Chandler, Arizona, wherever he's from. Man, I guess Brock so. Brock Purdy Way. Brock Purdy, that's a little soon. Wait till he wins the Super Bowl first. He's there. He's in it. <laughs> Which he signs a contract, another contract first or something. Yeah. I guess. I guess he's, So he's obviously the most famous person ever to go to that school then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Is it, it is a little is early. It, is it a new school? 25 years old. That's what I'm saying. You can wait a little while. There's no reason to rush this thing. I know. They're, 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 okay. Some would say they might be over their skis a little bit. Uh, yeah, they like them. Think? They, they want it to be purdy time. Uh, yeah, well, I think they, a lot of people want it to be purdy time. And that's, that's going to be the key too, right, Ken? Can Purdy hold up against the pressure? And I think he has held up against the pressure really well so Perry far. Perry High year. School in the town of Gilbert, Arizona, has renamed the street outside of Perry High School Brock Purdy Way. I don't know. Is that just for the week or is that for all time? That's what I'm saying. If it's all time, <laughs> that's a little soon, guys. This is for the rest of this is the the, the rest of uh of all time. Like I I don't know. That's a lot. I don't know how where that is. You can always rename it again if you need to. Rename it again? Go back to what it was. Don't you want to avoid that? <laughs> to rename it again? Come on. And I'm sure somebody did that with Deshaun Watson, too, and look what happened. Ooh. This is, a, this is a Deshaun Watson way somewhere that had to be changed. So let's they, just wait a little while. It, uh, massage part. Exactly. Let's just wait till we can make sure. I'm not saying that Brock can be anything street. like that. I'm just saying that it could be injury. It could be anything could happen. Yeah, you got to have a fall from grace. Come on, man. We've seen this kind of stuff. So just wait till the man wins the Super Bowl. I think Bowl. your point would be that uh, you know, if the high school of Ray Rice had named their street Ray Rice Way while he was in the Super Bowl, <laughs> Did and then what happened subsequently to that. Yeah, this was a, <laughs> just wait a little while so you can avoid any of those pitfalls. OJ Simpson yeah. Avenue. Aaron Hernandez way. Come on. Thank you. Let's just wait until we make sure that everything is good. We vet this a little bit. Come on, guys. That's a little tiny Gilbert, Arizona. Maybe not learn their lessons. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs, about the blitzing, they uh, blitz rate third most in the NFL. <laughs> Jay Simpson. Yard, <laughs> You know there are a bunch of those, too. Yards per pass attempt and sacks, they are first in the NFL um, when using the blitz at yards per pass attempt allowed and sacks. So they generate more sacks blitzing those DBs. This, the reason that's going to be interesting, talked about this yesterday a little bit, Channel loves using those condensed and compressed sets. What you're doing is bringing those DBs closer to the line of scrimmage, closer to the formation. And if that is the case, those DBs that like to blitz anyway are closer to their work. They're closer to the quarterback. So if he's still going to be blitzing DBs from condensed and compressed sets, there's a good chance that Brock Purdy could be working in a really congested pocket, like extremely congested, Especially constantly. if Chris, Chris Jones gets a push. Yes, right? Yeah. That's a lot of congestion in the pocket. So I wonder if, sorry, 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 if Shano will change things up a little bit and go because – 
they love empty formation too. They'll go 21, 22 personnel, and they run more empty formation on third and long than anybody else. I wonder if you'll see them spread things out a little bit just to force Kansas City to have to, if they're going to be blitzing those DBs, force them to come from a, a, a longer distance away. Because if, you, if you're right there in a condensed, compressed set, man, that's four, four yards, and I'm right at the quarterback, yeah. as opposed to seven, eight yards being right at the quarterback. And that also makes it confusing for the linemen trying to pick those guys up. Yes, it does. From, they, don't, they don't see them coming. Yeah. Because they're on top of you so fast. No, that's good stuff right there, Rod Babers. Good stuff there from Rod uh, and, and, and Aaron, and hook them up weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. Uh, good stuff about Super Bowl. We'll get more into it in the 5 o'clock hour. But yeah, it's. That defense is going to be a, a big challenge. Brock Purdy is going to have a lot of uh, work ahead of him. And it is. It's a ton of pressure for a young guy who has done well so far to handle the pressure. Uh, but this is, you know, the pinnacle amount of pressure you can basically put on a football player. Uh, this is the Super Bowl. You're going into it, and people are now putting their hopes and dreams on your shoulders uh, we'll see. We'll get more into it in the 5 o'clock hour. I do want to take a quick break and get back uh, and hit the text line some. So you guys keep texting in 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 or poll of the day. Who will be the Super Bowl MVP? If you want to give me a final score prediction as well, send that one in. If you want to talk some Texas basketball or some NBA or some college football or some NFL, you've got a Super Bowl Take that you want to throw in there, send that in as well, 512-447-3776. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, get to your text messages here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a 5-1-2 Friday where we play local music and go check out around town this weekend. This is the Peterson Brothers, very talented young men. Uh, they are playing Saturday at the Continental Club. If you want to go check out a really good show, go check out the Peterson Brothers. This is some new stuff from them called Too Soon from the Peterson Brothers. Some new stuff from them. Uh, let's get to the text line here in a second. 512-447-3776 is the text line. Poll of the day is who will be the Super Bowl MVP. I would love to hear your final score predictions, who you think is going to win. I guess if you're saying the MVP, you're kind of saying who's going to win. But if you have final score predictions, if you got that, if you got a take of why you've got that, send that in as well. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, I do want to mention one other thing. So I want to get your viewpoint on this because it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me really 
So I'd love to hear if you have a better explanation for this, but the news was coming out that sources are reporting that after Bill O'Brien has taken the Boston College job uh, and left where he was took the job as the offensive coordinator for Ohio State, Ryan Day was giving up play calling duty and Bill Bell and then Bill O'Brien decides that he is now going to go and be the head coach of Boston College. I'm assuming Boston College thought, well, if you know our coach is going to the NFL, let's get a hire a guy that the NFL doesn't want anything to do with. And so they hire Bill O'Brien. He has ties to the city. Uh, so he is the next head coach of Boston College. It left the offensive coordinator position open again for Ohio State. Ryan Day uh, doubled down that he still didn't want to call plays. And the reports are now that Chip Kelly is going to be leaving the head coach position at UCLA, who will be a Big Ten school next year, to be an offensive coordinator in the same conference that he is going to. That doesn't, I, it doesn't compute to me fully. And I assume that Ohio State is really opening up their checkbook to get this done. And he's not taking necessarily the pay cuts. But I get if Chip Kelly wants to go to the NFL. That makes sense to me. I get that. Because I get, hey, man, the schedule doesn't work. He's the one who had the, the plan to fix college football. I get all of that. If you're just like, man, this sucks having a recruit. I don't like the transfer portal. I don't. But you went to another school. Like, does if I'm Ohio State, doesn't that set off red flags that this guy probably doesn't want to recruit or this guy doesn't want to do all of the work? That's why he's stepping away from a head coach position. And the only other piece I can think of, the only other thing I can think of that makes any sense in this is he just is done with L.A. He's done with the traffic. He's done with the price of living out there. He doesn't want to be in L.A. anymore. And he's like, I can go to Ohio and, you know, I can buy a place that will be nicer and bigger and I'll have a yard and I can go and, and drive to work and it won't be a problem. And, I, you know, I'll take some of that responsibility and maybe I can enjoy life and maybe – this will be a place where I can go back to just being a play caller, and if I and I'll have the best talent, you know, even if I don't recruit, and maybe I'll leave after a year or two with the talent that's already there, and Ryan Day and Ohio State, and the money can bring me, and I'll be able to put up that numbers, and then go get a job in the NFL because I know he was considered for several jobs in the NFL as an offensive coordinator, or at least at least there was rumors that he was. Uh, but that the step down from a head coach at a major school that is in the same conference now. They went from big. They, they're moving to the Big Ten, uh, and to step down as a head coach and then go over to the go over to Ohio State. I don't know, but I mean, we we will see too. Sark does have ties to California. If there's anybody at UCLA that is thinking about that spring transfer portal and. And Texas might want to look at, I don't know if there's anybody, you just bring it up anytime a head coach leaves, especially from a program that may have some good talent at it, uh, that the transfer portal will now be open for 30 days if Chip Kelly does indeed take that Ohio State position as the offensive coordinator. But that, let me know what you think about that, because that is that one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I get if he goes to the NFL, that makes plenty of sense to me. But staying in college, and then if you're Ohio State – to say no, we want Chip Kelly, but we're not going to make him work as hard. I don't. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. All right, let's get to text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Man, Nate says I understand that you and I root for RT. Uh, I root for Dak and Jerry and the Cowboys. Sometimes you have to acknowledge that this isn't working. I don't know if you mean that RT isn't working or this season isn't working. I think the roster just isn't strong enough. I think Max Asmus isn't the guy he needs to be. 
Uh, and I know that's an unpopular opinion because he is a really good scorer at points, but he's also really bad at points. And there's kind of no middle ground with him. He's either playing really well and scoring or it all just falls off a cliff. Uh, and I think he, and it's not that he's a bad player necessarily. It's that we were expecting him to be the best player on the team. And it, when he's not scoring, he's the worst player on the court for Texas. And that's kind of where the line is where he's not all, he's either the best player on Texas or the worst player on Texas. And there's no middle ground and it's in the same games. So that's kind of where I find a problem in that with just the roster construction. The fact that you needed another score on this team that you don't necessarily have the three-point shooting and you brought in IT Horton that you thought was going to be part of that three-point shooting and it hasn't been there. Uh, but I'll say you've got another year coming up and as long as the recruiting's there, I think this team can rebound pretty quickly in a year or two and be really, really good and going for another uh, a big run to that Elite Eight Final Four. I think you can do that in the next couple of years at Texas with RT, by the way, he recruits. And you also said, Jizzle, are you doing an SNL sketch? No, Jizzle James. We played against him this year, Nate. Remember when he came in off the bench, played 15 minutes against Texas? Tons of energy, got some turnovers from Texas. It was really annoying in that game where we beat Cincinnati by one early in the season at Cincinnati. Jizzle James, man. I know the name's funny. That's why I said it earlier. But it's a real name. It is a real name. Uh Dexter says, Texas Tech has been struggling, but they've also had a virus going around in the locker room, uh, missing players. They have a little bit. The reality is Pop Isaacs hasn't been shooting as well, and he may have had uh, some of the stomach bug too. But when Pop Isaacs is going 8 for 25, they're not going to win as many games. And, I mean, that's a big reduction in, in you know, basketball. But, you know, they you just can't they, – they're not good enough to have a bulk shooter not shooting well. And and really taking up a lot of shots. When their shot percentage goes up, they'll do well. I actually still have them winning this weekend. I just think it's a it's a good matchup to watch uh, because they have been slipping a little bit. And this is a chest to see can they pull it back up and get it and get a get right game. Uh, Texter says my homeboy will be the MVP. That's a popular one. Uh, I believe a lot of people will say that my homeboy will be. Uh, this text says, not Dak Prescott. He did get MVP votes, though. We'll get into that in the 5 o'clock. He did get MVP votes. I know he's not there, and I know you want to hate Dak Prescott, but I'll tell you in the 5 o'clock what I'll tell you right now. You better get used to him because he is he is about to sign a really big contract. But we'll get into that in the 5 o'clock. And when I tell you that, you're going to not like it. But that uh, yeah, you better get used to it. You better get used to it. Uh, texter says... Uh, guns up, baby. Mahomes all the way. 18 to 23 final score over the Chiefs winning. And now Boston College falls into mediocrity for the next century. Were they ever not in mediocrity? Were they doing? Were they did they get so much better? I guess they were doing pretty well, but not I don't know if they were necessarily out of mediocrity. Uh, but that's coming from an, you know, an upper tier Texas fan who just wants to say that. Uh, <laughs> I understand the irony in that. Uh, but yes, I look, I don't think it's a great hire. Uh, I wouldn't have hired him. I, I would have gone for someone young and, and you know wanted to go in there and get it. I wouldn't have given it to a job to somebody who accepted another head, uh, offensive coordinator position earlier that year. I would have said, yeah, I don't necessarily you think you have you know the players in mind if you're going to start recruiting players for two months and then walk away and you have no problem doing that. I personally probably wouldn't have hired him, uh, but I also am a Texans fan, so I have a lot of lingering resentment there. And uh, Texas says, if I'm an Ohio State fan, there's your replacement for Ryan Day 
is they hate him. Yeah, but I don't think Chip Kelly wants to be a head coach. Like I think he wants to go to the NFL. That's my point. Is I don't think he wants to recruit and be part of the part of uh, college football. And I don't know if he'd be in Ohio State. That seems like a. I don't know if he could pull that off. That seems crazy. I know he did Oregon, but Ohio State. Chip Kelly. I don't know if that's the guy. I get. I get what you're saying. I don't think you're far off on that. Fans may want that, but as a school, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we keep talking about that in the 5 o'clock? We'll talk uh, NFL honors were uh, given out last night, and we'll get into some Super Bowl talk. Oh, and Dallas Cowboys defensive uh, defensive coordinator may have been hired, and they lose another coach in the defensive end. We'll get into that as well uh, for uh, the 5 o'clock hours. We keep it going. Keep those texts coming in. We keep rolling here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.